This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Hello there, how you doing? It's uh, Kevin Riley here and welcome to Irish Time here on the Manitou People's Radio in a gorgeous, gorgeous morning here in Palmerston North and uh, hopefully it will last for a few days after that storm that we uh, had to put up with over the weekend, that wind that damaged a lot of trees and where I live. Anyway, it's not here nor there, a lot of other people had similar problems and issues. Anyway, we'll start here with the, the Belfast Telegraph Etc. I found this interesting to see it might sort of trickle down to this part of the world. A rent freeze for house, uh, New Zealand housing executive. That's council houses, by the way. I was, uh, was going to say state houses, but council houses. Rents in Northern Ireland would be temporarily frozen for housing executive tenants. Jadri uh, Haggerty uh, confirmed on Wednesday that the move would be introduced following a surge in the cost of living and the high cost of uh, food, which has left many families and households struggling. Uh, Ms. Haggerty said she wanted to support people facing soaring fuel and household bills. Uh, the rent freeze for housing executive tenants will apply from the, the, 20, yep, the 23rd of this month. The housing executive is responsible for th- housing thousands upon thousands of families across Northern Ireland. The move, she said, will, will, not re- will not place any further financial burden on individuals and families trying hard each day to, to make ends meet. Uh, the following, this follows uh, the recent success in closing the loopholes in welfare uh, mitigation, uh, meaning up to top payments will be available to more people who currently have their benefits reduced because of the bedroom tax and benefit cap under Boris Johnson. Uh, I have all, already announced a £200 payment to support 20, 280,000 eligible people in meeting their energy costs. Right now, tenants need security and a freeze in their rents will provide a bit of stability on an important housing cost in an uncertain climate. And it's wintertime over there, I remember. Ms. Haggerty also said that housing associations in the region should consider the pressure tenants are under when, uh, when setting rent levels. Every household, including all those across the social housing sector, are facing unprecedented living costs. While I appreciate rent levels are an issue for which housing association boards uh, are not happy about, I would be, I think it would be mindful of the times, they should be mindful of the times we are in considering the, you know, the rent levels at present because they have high rents over there just like we have here in New Zealand. And I think it's pretty, you know, most Western countries are under similar problems to us. You know, you watch the news and you think New Zealand was the only country that was having issues about... COVID and housing and employment and a lot of other issues and the cost of living, we're not, we're just kind of not following them, but we're in the same boat. And talking about bad weather, uh, with the, the Met Earn predicting disruptive weather this week due to uh, back-to-back storms, uh, the agency has urged the people to be careful at the coast. The life-saving charity is encouraging people to ex- uh, exercise extreme caution in visiting the shoreland, especially along exposed cliffs, seafronts, etc., uh, etc., et with winds expected to hit 90-plus miles per hour. That is fierce. 
Uh, Storm Dudley is due to take effect uh, Wednesday afternoon with Storm Eunice close behind and bringing a weather warning. And it is, I saw it on the, I watched the BBC News this morning and it was pretty grim, not just in Ireland, but in the whole of, you know, Western Europe, in fact, as far as Poland. In a normal year, uh, 115 people lose their lives at the coast. And we know that more than half of those never intended to be in the water. So whether you're walking, running or cycling at the coast, please be extra responsible and avoid taking unnecessary risks of even entering the water. Which is true. I just amazed that people and stuff, you know, really heavy duty storms, life threatening stuff. People seem to flock there just to see it. Just, it's amazing. I just, there's no comprehension, you know, but there again, that's human beings. In particular, we ask people to stay well back from stormy, wintry seas and cliff edges. Check tide times before you go. Take a phone with you and call 999 or 111 and ask for the Coast Guard if you're, you or someone else gets into trouble. So it is. It's, uh, it's pretty grim, like I said. I was, on, I was watching the BBC News this morning, and it was grim in a lot of places over in Europe, Western Europe. And this is uh, it's from the Munster Express. <clears throat> Waterford receives glowing review in the UK newspapers. Uh, Waterford was the subject of a glowing travel review in the UK Independent uh, newspaper at the weekend when it was described as a history-packed champion of low-key cool by travel writer Kerry Walker. The journalist who had never heard of Waterford before her visit said, for, <laughs> "I've never heard of it." Oh. Uh, said for those who haven't heard of us, they were missing a trick. Perched on a gentle bend in the River Sir, a few miles from the wild storm-tossed coastlines, trimmed with some of Ireland's most beautiful beaches, and they are beautiful beaches. The location is a knockout. Describing the city as a delightful dinky, Miss Walker said Waterford's location is even more special because it has managed to dodge the tourist radar and is low-profile cool. Architecture-wise, the city uh, gets elegant, has many elegant Georgian uh, houses from the 18th century, uh, from the boom of the Waterford Crystal, of course, and the famous glassworks are still in operation, even just for tourists. Most of Waterford Crystal now is made in uh, Slovakia or somewhere, some former, uh, you know, Eastern European country, Russian, and what else? And it also has, the city has many past glories, namely high-spirit festivals, a food scene, fizzing with creativity, and many an old-school pub where you can grab a pint when the rain sweeps in, and it does. There was one pub there my wife and I went to, and it was just, it was dynamite, to say the least. It was just beautiful. My wife asked, I had a gin, gin and tonic, and uh, in the choice, there was untold choices, and she said, which brand or which, which one would you like? My wife was a bit sort of stung, the same as me, because she wasn't used to having choice when it comes to gin. Anyway, anyway, the Irish Times voted Waterford the best place to live in Ireland. You only need to look at this, the sum of all this and what's on the doorstep from the rambling wave-bashed Cooper Coast to the active pursuits of the car-free Waterford Greenway to see precisely why it is fully deserving of this title. Special mention uh, are given to the Waterford Museum, been there. Uh, the treasures, Reginald's uh, Tower, the Medieval Museum, the Bishop's Palace, and a number of others. The old cards, Philly, Philly Grimes, and Tully's Bar. So it is, if you're ever over in Ireland and you're down that part of, you're down south, Waterford is well worth uh, a visit. I think it was the first city in Ireland, actually, the first place where the Vikings settled in uh, Ireland. And what else we got? Tato Crisp, you know, Tato, they were kind of 
just that, that was all the Chris Tito. I mean, everybody in Ireland was brought up on them. As not brought up, but that's what you sort of had when you had a, it was a packet of chips, you know, and that was it. Anyway, the, the Tito uh, Snacks and Tito Park have today, today jointly announced an end to the, the title sponsorship for one of Ireland's most popular attractions. The park opened in uh, 2010 and has uh, welcomed over 5 million visitors through its gates since it was established. From the 1st of January 2023, there will be a new name and identity for the award-winning theme park located in Ashbourne in County Meath. Speaking about uh, the announcement, founder of the Tato Park, Raymond Coyle, said he was delighted to have uh, aligned with one of the most iconic Irish brands so successful for over a decade. A partnership with Tato Snacks has helped to create one of Ireland's most popular tourist attractions in little over in 12 years. He said that in order to expand and meet ambitious targets for the park, now is the opportune, uh, opportune time to rename the park to better reflect the exciting rides, attractions and zoo that are, all, that are coming over the next few years. A zoo, that's interesting. Uh, new developments are planned for the park, including an investment of €30 million. Euros. It's about $60 million in our money. Over the next few years, on behalf of myself and my uh, t- uh, team, I would like to thank the management of TD Snacks for its, bel- uh, its belief in our vision. It has been a very special partnership and we look forward to the year ahead. Indeed, continuing our journey and close relationship uh, with Tato. We're immensely proud of our title sponsorship of Tato over the last decade, which has supported the creation of one of Ireland's most successful uh, tourist attractions. Etc. Our sponsorship of the park during that time has helped us to further enhance the emotional connection Tato has with Irish co- uh, consumers by reinforcing the brand's values around family and community. It is uh, Tato, just the crisps, but they're really, you know, they're good. Let's say no more, Kevin. And talking about uh, you know the, tackling the rent uh, you know rental freeze which is good, and you know the cost of living except and fuel shortage and that's not shortages but the cost of fuel has went through the roof. Fuel prices hike again, uh, adding about six hundred euros to the cost of running a car every year. That's about twelve hundred dollars again in our money every year. You'd be paying more. Uh, people's wages and salaries are not going up that worth that much. The figures from the AI Ireland show fuel prices have increased by more than a third in the past two years. Petrol, pump, uh, petrol prices at the pump are now close to the psychological important two, uh, two euros a litre. You know, that's, uh, what, that'd be about four dollars. You know, probably just four, around about four bucks in our money. In the past two, uh, two, uh, two weeks alone, prices have jumped around two cents a litre with the relentless cost increases putting further pressure on household budgets as the cost of living crisis deepens. Uh, the revelation about the, the hike in fuel and diesel prices comes at a wholesale oil pr- uh, cost drops slightly from a seven-year high to around $94, uh, $94 that is, a barrel. Yeah, there's was reading also on the BBC that was the, the fact that, it, you know, they're looking at uh, it could actually hit $100 a barrel, a barrel again, which is scandalous, really. However, tensions and uncertainty over the, the situation involving Russia and Ukraine could further, uh, you know, make the problem worse, more, add more volatility. Prices of the pumps are now at their highest uh, uh, since AA Ireland started record, recording them way back in 1991, which is a long way, a long time ago when you think about it. Uh, AI Ireland has calculated it will now cost a driver, a, a driver of a petrol car, 595 uh, euros more a year 
uh, compared with last year. For those with diesel cars, there will be an extra 460 annual cost in uh, running a car. A Ireland says petrol prices are now that one one euro seventy seven a litre, and diesel is one sixty eight. Premium uh, fuel prices are now around a, a dollar, oh, a euro eighty six a litre, which is a lot. The annual cost is likely to be even higher for some drivers who do do more mileage than uh, the figures suggested by the AA or have a larger car. AA Ireland's Paddy Cohen said we are getting close to petrol at the two uh, two euros a litre. We get this, you know, talking about dollars, liter, uh, euros. What is particularly worrying as we stumble towards uh, two euros per litre is how this might be affecting low-income families, especially in rural areas where public transport is imperfect. And it's, you know, they have a transport system, but it's not, uh, you know, regular, is the word I'm looking for here. Because, you know, we're talking about people that live out in the wop-wops. He said, reductions in the price of uh, public uh, transport is welcome, but it is little assistance to those who have no choice but to use their cars to drive their, their children to school, get to work, or you know, go and see their parents or loved ones. Even a temporary measure to assist these people could relieve them of a lot of pressure. And with uh, another 60% of the pump price, you know, another 60% of the pump expected, you know, the price expected to rise by another, six, by another year or two, the government really needs to relieve this pressure. Motors have been uh, hoping the government's inflation um, easing package announced this week uh, would uh, you know cut some of the exchequer debt. Would cut some of the exchequer uh, duties in fuel. That's like GST VAT over there. Almost sixty percent of the cost of uh, motor vehicle goes to the state in go VAT carbon tax excise tax uh, allowed to fund the the holding of strategic oil reserves. This means the state takes around 900 euros a year in taxes from a typical driver. That's a lot of pickies. Uh, according to the AA, around 96% of every litre, every 96 cents of every litre of petrol, and nearly five for every uh, of diesel goes on taxes. Ireland is the 17th most expensive country in the world for fuel, and we rank 12th in Europe. Didn't know that. The most expensive uh, countries include Hong Kong, the Netherlands, Israel and Norway. Fuels for Ireland, which represents motor fuel retailers, calls on the Energy Minister, Eamon Ryan, to follow through on his promise last November to reduce uh, by one cent uh, per litre the national oil reserves. Uh, Kevin McParland of Fuels Ireland said, the failure to carry this out uh, has just seen costs increase. However, tensions and uncertainty... Over you know the battles with uh, you know the Russia and Ukraine, well, not the battles, but it isn't the war quite yet. And this is something I just find this absolutely incredible. It says so much for IT. Post office scandal. This is this is this is just Northern Ireland we're talking about now, but also the the whole of the UK, in fact. An inquiry into a post office scandal which saw sub-postmasters being wrongly convicted for fraud will hold part of its hearings in Northern Ireland. The announcement came during the opening of the inquiry in London under the chairmanship of retired uh, High Court Judge Sir Wynne Williams. The cases have been described as the most widespread miscarriage of justice in British legal history. I mean, it's just it's amazing. 
A total of 72 former sub-postmasters have had their names cleared so far. Between 2000 and, 20, uh, and 2014, more than 700 sub-postmasters and, sub, uh, and postmistresses across the UK were wrongly accused of theft, fraud, fraud and uh, false accounting due to a, a flaw in the Horizon computer system. That's it, the Horizon computer system. Workers were... Uh, convicted after a faulty accounting software and made it look as if their money was missing from the post office. Uh, Deidre Connolly from West Tyrone uh, was one of those people accused, and uh, she uh, wrongly accused, and she lost her job at Kilpeer Post Office in 2010 and had to borrow money from her family to pay more than £15,500 to the post office. Isn't that just shocking? That's about $35,000, in our money. She is now looking forward to giving evidence to the chairman of the inquiry when hearings are held here in Northern Ireland. I can face him, see him face to face and tell him how it affected me, my family and other people uh, can come and face him and tell him the same story. Mentally, it destroyed me. I got epilepsy. I'll have to... I'll have to have that for the. I'm going to have that for the rest of my life. And it came from the stress that I went through, uh, through this kind of fraud that I was accused of. Anyway, some, some 19, post, uh, 19 post office workers in Northern Ireland were convicted, but Mrs. Connolly believes more local victims of this scandal have yet to come forward. I think there are other people that won't come forward because of the stigma attached to being, you know, classified as a thief. Uh, I've been contacted by a number of people since my story went uh, uh, went on the, the radio and the TV. Since then, people have come forward, but they won't go anywhere else. They just tell me their story. Details and timings of the inquiry hearings have yet to be announced. But this is, you know, it's quite shocking, really. Because this was, you know, a lot of people in the UK, you know, just lost their jobs and their lives were... We just turned upside down and a lot of had to pay a whole lot. They were fined, like this woman, £15,500, which is a large amount of money, mark my words. And, uh, you know, she just, uh, I don't know, she just not lost the plot, but it sort of had a huge effect on her mental health, as it will do in all of them, you know, others. When you're being accused of something you know you didn't do. And it was all down to this outfit called Horizons and their faulty uh, computer system. I'm I'm just stunned that it takes so long to work it out, you know. Anyway, 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 what have we got here? Uh, Northern Ireland remove all remaining uh, restrictions. It's COVID-19. All remaining uh, COVID restrictions in Northern Ireland will be lifted. Uh, A small number of restrictions are currently in place, including the wearing of face masks and the use of COVID certification in nightclubs. (coughs) Pardon me. me. Uh, The minister, the health minister said... Remaining measures should no longer be uh, set out in regulations. Instead, we will be put in guidance issued to the public and other than show caution would be a good word. He said he would make in the order there uh, last Tuesday. Remaining restrictions include requirement to wear face masks in, uh, in public places, for business owners to have measures in place to limit transmission of the virus for the use of COVID certification at nightclubs and large unseated in- indoor events. And for events on, um, you know, indoor meetings again, in private and even in private homes and weddings, et cetera, et cetera. This is a huge, huge, you know, everything has um, just kind of gone west. They've decided most European countries have done that there uh, because of Omicron. The, you know, it's been classified now as a flu and it will come to New Zealand quicker than we think. You know, never mind these people down 
protesting down in Wellington, you know, it's they're sort of you know good on them for you know voicing their opinion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, it is going to happen, and I think the government, are, you know, will happen. Will be uh, not forced to do it, but I think they will do it. But after the numbers they're expecting, the numbers to peak here in New Zealand within you know possibly a month, and after that, I think things will uh, settle down, and people will be. Uh, Asked for you know a lot more social responsibility of wearing masks because even in Belfast I was reading, despite uh, the lifting of all the restrictions etc, a number of people were just going to say they're still going to carry on wearing a mask you know all the rest of it that they thought it was brilliant but they personally were going to carry a mask because as a lot of them say and the same here it hasn't gone away and I mean I think people should get that through their heads it has not gone away. And uh, you should just use a bit of, you know, common sense, you know. And also it's for the, to me, I just believe in all this stuff about that. It's about the common good. We all live here, you know? we all share this island, no matter what part of it we live in. And we want to try and sort of, it's the one way of looking after one another. I call it being egalitarian, something that New Zealand was quite famous for at one time, you know. And I think we should actually carry on and just show a bit of common sense and uh, courtesy and uh, play the game, as we say in Belfast. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So that's basically it for me this week. Like I said, the Omicron virus has been dominated the news uh, over there and in uh, Britain in general. And uh, I've got something else here. This is a woman who receives a a million dollars from the British Army. A Catholic civilian worker who had to leave her job over alleged harassment by her army boss is said to receive more than £500,000 in compensation. Brona Murray, uh, 51, took a religious and sexual discrimination case against the Ministry of Defence after uh, retiring due to ill health in 2019. The award made by the Fair Employment Tribunal of Belfast is believed to be one of the largest of its kind. Half a million pounds is a lot of pickies. Ms Murray said the ruling was a complete vindication. I was left feeling absolutely humiliated and uh, horribly isolated. The mother of two from County Down had uh, worked as an administrator at the, for the MOD, Ministry of Defence, for 19 years. The comments were alleged to have made by a captain uh, at uh, the barracks there in County Antrim, just outside Belfast, Lisburn. Uh, Ms. Morris said the officer, you cannot be named for security reasons, uh, repeatedly refer, uh, ref- referenced her religion in front of others in the office. She said, I, I need backup. She's team. He said, I need backup. I have an Irish Catholic girl here, armed and dangerous. Come quick. I need help. It was kind of, you know, just being cheeky, but uh, she, this woman obviously didn't take it that way. And it went on for, like I said, for some considerable time. Miss Murray said, the officer again refer, referenced her religion in an office conversation about a concert. I bet you have tried uh, to steal a cone. That is the Catholic coming out of you. I've got no idea what the cone is. She said uh, she claimed a sexual degree after she was described as the big cougar. She was called the big cougar, right? Her boss was disciplined and transferred to another barracks. Uh, due to deteriorating psychiatric conditions, Miss Murray was pensioned off from the civil service in 2019. The tribunal awarded Miss Murray about £70,000 to cover injury to feelings, psychiatric injuries, loss of previous earnings and interest. Uh, future loss earnings for Miss Murray, who had, who had been due to retire from the civil service uh, until uh, 2038, are expected to come to more than half a million pounds. Her solicitor, Brian Archer, it is anticipated that the final monies to be paid to Miss Murray by the Ministry of Defence will be in the region of £560,000. 
So it's uh, really good news that this is actually, you know, happening that people just can't get away with that type of uh, nonsense, really. It's kind of hassling people, harassment, et cetera, et cetera. And it went on for quite some time, <clears throat> even though she actually had words with him and with his superior officers, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, that's about me uh, for this week. I'm sorry it's a bit short, but I mean, like I said, everything is about coronavirus. There's nothing great actually happened apart from, uh, we call that guy, Prince Andrew. You know, they're the two issues that have been dominating the press over in the UK and uh, Ireland. Even Ireland, yes, uh, but, but Prince Andrew, because they had a street named after him in, uh, I think it was just out of Belfast, some uh, small town out of Belfast, you know, Prince Andrew Way or something like that there. And it's been sort of, they're having a big meeting about cancelling out and, you know, changing the name. Because I think this guy is in some serious trouble. It's not over by a long chalk. I think his life is basically as a, a prominent person, shall we say, is over. Anyway... I will love you and leave you and be kind to one another and enjoy the good weather, okay? It's absolutely brilliant. Let's enjoy it while we've got it. See ya. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the KiwiFruit logo. Once you've got it, Pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.